Man, that's all we've been singing about. How'd you guys like to worship? Woo! I tell you, good stuff, good stuff. He is greater than, there is nothing better than Him. We just sang about it. And that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us in the book of Colossians as we move through this book verse by verse uh, up until Palm Sunday, just before Easter. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, let me encourage you to turn there with us to the book of Colossians in the New Testament. Um, we're going to pick up in verse 23 today of chapter 1, so go ahead and put your finger there. Um, but Paul says to us in, in, in these first opening verses of Colossians that Jesus is greater than, that He is above all things, that Jesus created all things, that He holds all things together, that Jesus is the glue of creation, all of creation, which means He's the glue that holds our lives together. And Paul's message here is that Jesus alone is all-sufficient for our salvation. We talked about that last week, that nothing needs to be added to Jesus and His work on the cross. Nothing needs to be taken away from Him to bring us back into a restored relationship with God. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. There is nothing better, higher, greater than Him. That's Paul's message to the Colossian church, and that's his message to the church today. Paul is responding in this letter. Remember, he's writing while he's in chains in Rome, held as a prisoner for his faith, and he is responding to a variety of false teachers that have shown up in the Colossian church. And these false teachers were insisting that Jesus alone was not enough. And so Paul is essentially pushing back on the Jesus plus crowd here. Those who insisted that salvation is found in Jesus plus the rules that you follow. Or the knowledge that you have. Or maybe even the pastor that you pick. So right out of the gates, Paul establishes here the supremacy, Jesus is above all, and the sufficiency, Jesus is enough. And then he turns his attention to the legitimacy of those who teach and lead in the church. And that's where we're going today in a message entitled, Greater Than Any Pursuit. Picking up in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul sets before the church there his own life and his own ministry as an example of how to measure the merit of an authentic servant of Jesus Christ. How to me measure the legitimacy of these new teachers who were infiltrating the church. He says, I'm going to give you a litmus test for these guys so that you can tell if they're authentic followers and teachers of the gospel. Let me ask you something this morning. How do you know if a teacher or a leader in the church is legitimate? 
How do you know? How do you measure that? Whether they're putting their own spin on the gospel or maybe they're using the church for their own selfish gain. There's so much of that out there today. How do you know if a leader or a teacher in the church is legitimate? Is it by how eloquent they are? How well they speak? Is it by their appearance? If they look the part? Or their knowledge? How well they seem to know the Bible? Or the subject matter? Or the nature of people? How do you measure the authenticity of teachers and leaders in the church? Or for that matter, how do you measure the authenticity of any follower of Jesus Christ? In other words, who's the real deal and who's not? That's what Paul is sharing with us here and sharing with the Colossian church. Using himself as the example, using himself as the litmus test, he shares with the Colossians that there is no greater pursuit in life than the pursuit of Jesus. And the product of that pursuit is always the same. Servanthood. Servanthood. After laying the foundation for the sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus, Paul says this. He says, This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature, that Jesus is above all, and Jesus alone is sufficient for salvation, and of which I, Paul, have become a what? A servant. A servant. And so Paul presents himself to the Colossians as this litmus test for what authentic servanthood looks like in the church. And essentially he said it's not about sizzle, it's not about pop, it's not about showmanship or production when it comes to shepherding God's people. It's about sacrifice. Sacrifice. It's about humility, about laying yourself down. It's about a willingness to lay your life down literally for the sake of others. And again, this is not just for pastors and teachers in the church. This is for absolutely every follower of Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is saying here to the Colossians about evaluating these false teachers really applies to us all, no matter where we are, if we have by faith given our lives to Jesus Christ. It's about laying our lives down for the sake of other people, just as Jesus laid His life down for us. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus authentically. It's not about us. It's all about Him. And conforming our lives to His likeness. What are you in it for, essentially, is what Paul is asking here. I was told recently about uh, uh, one of the fastest growing churches in the country right now. Uh, led by a real high profile um, young pastor. Uh, not around here. Uh, many of you would probably not even be familiar with it. But, uh, I mean, huge, massive church, really just killing it, growing crazy, you know, lots of folks, everything flocking there. And this pastor is a, now a social media 
influencer, if you're familiar with that. You know, he's just got tons of followers on Instagram and, you know, lots of people flocking to him there. And uh, I think uh, he hit like a million followers on Instagram um, this last year. Again, just drawing huge crowds in person, online, the whole bit. Uh, and recently, to commemorate uh, that particular milestone, that number of Instagram followers, he had his Instagram profile picture, which is a picture of himself, uh, blown up and put on the lobby wall in the church. It'd be like, you know, me just getting my head blown up and pasting it against the wall out here, okay? And then with a bubble caption beside of it with how many followers he had. And, and, you know, can you imagine, I mean, can you imagine, y'all come into church and my head is out there with, you know, Phil, you know, 13 followers. <laughs> and that's pushing it. <laughs> but, man, people aren't blinking an eye at this stuff in the culture that we are in today. But think about that. Pastors naming the roads in front of their churches after themselves. That's not far from here. Think about this stuff. Think about the Apostle Paul. He's in chains writing this message to the church about, let me tell you what a true, authentic leader looks like. It's not about them. It's not about how many people are following them. It's about him. Because there's nothing better. There's nothing greater. There's nothing higher than him. This guy, I, I don't know this guy. He's probably a good-looking guy, captivating communicator, level 10 leader. But I'm here to tell you that that is a train wreck waiting to happen with a bunch of people on board. And we see it happening week in and week out. There's a new one of these deals going in the tank. And it takes a lot of people with it. When we're putting ourselves, and I'm not talking about just leaders in the church, that's, we, we will be held accountable for that on a higher level of accountability than anybody else. But it's every follower of Jesus Christ, man, it's about putting Him first in every relationship that we have, in every conversation that we have, in everything we do. It's not about us. It's about Him and bringing glory to Him. And in contrast to that whole picture, Paul says this in verse 24. He says, Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, pointing to Jesus' suffering. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. Now Paul's not saying that something is lacking in Christ's afflictions, in what Christ did for us on the cross. That would contradict all that he said up to this point in the letter. He's using the same language here with hyperbole as the false teachers are in the church in order to get the attention of the Colossians through this letter. And he's saying, man, if there, is, if there was anything lacking, let me tell you, I just jump in the gap. I throw myself into it to fill that gap for the sake of his body, which is the church. In other words, Paul says, authentic servants of Jesus Christ sacrifice for his church. Sacrifice for his church. And we got it upside down in our culture. 
today, unfortunately. And it's not a popular gospel to talk about sacrificing and laying your life down for the church of Jesus Christ. It's about what can the church do for me? What can you give me? That's upside down. The authentic gospel of Jesus Christ is to look at the cross and say, Oh my gosh, Lord, look what you've done for me. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing higher than you. There's nothing greater than you. What can I give away for the sake of the gospel? We got it upside down. And whether you're clergy or congregation, man, it's not about what you can get out of the church. It's about what you can give to it. So many people go to church today to hear three simple steps to make life easier. Paul essentially says over and over and over again, echoing the words of Jesus. Man, if you're looking for the easy road, this ain't it. This ain't it. We do people a disservice when we tell them, man, come to Christ and everything in your life is just going to be perfect. It's not an easy road. Christianity is no crutch. Following Christ by its very nature is a path to sacrifice. Dying to self. That's Jesus' message. Is an excruciating endeavor. How many of you figured that out? And it has to happen how often? Every single day. Paul said, I die, what? Daily. This is what you're, we're inviting you into. And we don't put that on, on, the, on the, the header outside. Come on in. Die with us every day. Is that not the gospel, though? Is that not the truth? That's what Paul is responding to here. But we cannot die to ourselves without the authentic presence of Christ in us. And Paul expounds on that as we move forward. Paul says, authentic servants of Jesus, clergy and congregation alike, can be identified by their willingness to sacrifice for the body of Christ. What are you willing to give? Not take. Selfishness. Or selflessness, excuse me, is the first litmus test to true servanthood. As John the Baptist said, less of me, more of him. Paul says, look at my life. Look at my life, church. He said, I'm suffering even as I write this in prison, in chains, for the sake of you, the body of Christ. And these guys are putting their face on the wall saying, look at me. Look at the contrast. In other words, authentic servants are measured by how low they're willing to go for Jesus and His church, not how high they can go for themselves. Paul writes in contrast here to the false teachers who were preaching their own gospel for their own glory. And he's saying measure them by their willingness to sacrifice and suffer for the church. You want to be an influencer? Lay down your life for Jesus Christ. His body. His church. 
And that was a message ultimately validated by Paul's own death as he was beheaded at the gates of Rome by Nero contending for the gospel. Let me ask you something this morning. How willing are you to sacrifice and personally suffer for the sake of the gospel? For the sake of the church? And in our consumer-driven culture today, that's a message that's all but lost. Not too many people, when asked about their church, will tell you it's a great place to suffer and sacrifice for Jesus. But that answer is closer to the biblical understanding of church than, hey, we've got awesome music, killer light show, Starbucks in the lobby, our chairs recline, kids' ministries like Disneyland. Do you hear them? <laughs> now, we've got all that. We just don't put it on the marquee, okay? You don't want to lead with that. Just let people experience that as you suffer through the children screaming under your feet this morning. Man, what are we doing? I mean, you know, sometimes it feels like the church today just needs to be grabbed by its lapel sometimes and just shaken. What are we doing? We try to dress this thing up like it's a vacation when it's actually a crucifixion. Paul told the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and did what? And He gave Himself up for me. He laid Himself out for me. Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will what? Lose it. Lose it. Paul says, measure these men and their message by their willingness to sacrifice for the church. Their willingness to lay their lives down for the sake of the gospel. I tell you, most of that is done today by faithful, week in and week out servants in the church. Under the radar, outside of the spotlight, no fanfare, no followers taking a meal to a family who lost a loved one, checking in, sending a card to new parents who've just had a baby, making a phone call, providing transportation for somebody to church, leading a small group, praying for a friend who's having a tough day, showing up week in and week out to make sure much is made of Jesus. In settings just like this, every Sunday. Most true sacrifice is done in the shadows. Never forget that. We're not in a shadows culture today. Everybody wants to be in the bright spotlight. Everybody wants to rise above. Everybody wants to be on the top. Most true sacrifice is not out front. Jesus said, <laughs> the first will be what? Last. And the last will be first. It's upside down. 
authentic followers of Jesus Christ sacrificed for his church. And then Paul goes on to say, I have become its servant. Speaking of the gospel, he said, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness, the whole gospel. He says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. It's an open secret now, available to everyone. He says, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. This is not just for a certain group of people. He says, this is for every human being on the face of the earth. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery this new open secret, Christ in you. That's the mystery, the hope of glory. There is no one greater. There is nothing better. There is no one higher. In other words, Paul says, those in it for the right reasons are going to share the whole gospel in its fullness. They don't just pick and choose the parts that suit them or benefit them. Paul says, the gospel I've shared with you is the full gospel, the only gospel. Christ crucified, buried, and raised again for the sins of men. The mystery of salvation is now an open secret, no longer hidden. How do we reconcile to our Creator? Christ in you. The only way. The hope of glory. The false teachers in Colossae were teaching a Christ and you gospel. Paul said it's not Christ and you, it is Christ in you that makes the difference. It's not Jesus and the knowledge you have. It's not Jesus and the work you do or the money you give. It's not Christ and you that makes life fulfilling. It's Christ in you working his way out. As you die to self. That's the whole gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. Let me ask you something this morning. Are you living a Christ and you life? Or are you living a Christ in you life? Do you feel the pressure to perform? To meet the expectations of others? Do you jump through hoops to try to gain God's approval? And or are you resting in His acceptance and allowing that grace and that acceptance to flow through you to others? Authentic servants live in and out of that truth. Nothing more, nothing less. Paul says measure them by that standard and their willingness to strive for the sake of others. Not to just sit back on their laurels, but to strive for the sake of other people. And when you give your life to Christ, your salvation is secure as His Spirit takes up residency in you. And then it's all about letting Him work through you to help other people find what you have found. One beggar leading another beggar to bread. 
Paul goes on to say, We proclaim Him admonishing and teaching with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, Paul said, I labor and I struggle with all, not my energy and effort, but with His energy, which so powerfully is working within me. Paul says the goal is to bring others to maturity in Christ, to help other people grow in their relationship with God. Paul's working hard to put the needs of others ahead of his own. He says authentic followers of Jesus do that. And what a great opportunity we have right now in this country to show the world what that looks like. To say, hey, I'm willing to lay down my rights. I'm willing to lay down even what I think is right for the sake of somebody else. Humility. Power under control is what that word means. Humility activates the power of Christ in you and draws others to Him. Paul told the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's a COVID banner verse right there. Paul went on to say, after that, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What message is your life sending? What message is my life sending to a watching world? Is it a me first message? Jesus said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Authentic servants put others first for the sake of the gospel. And finally, Paul says this, he says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. He goes on there to say, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, all the knowledge we need is in Him. All the wisdom we need is in Him. And he, and he finishes this. He says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. It's not about the eloquence of the speech. Using himself as the example, Paul shares the final litmus test for authentic servanthood and authentic servants. And that litmus test is this. Do they encourage and do they unite? Do you encourage? Do you unite? And the false teachers and those who followed them in, in the Colossian church were discouraging and they were dividing the church. That's what men do when it's more about them than it is about him. We're to be unifiers. We're to be encouragers. We're to be builders of the body of Christ. Let me challenge you this week just to carve some time out 
take a look at these points. If you need to go back and, and watch the message uh, on, on, on the, the archives on the website, do that. But take a look at these litmus test points and dip your life into them <laughs> and see what color turns up. And the world is watching. And our lives are to be a demonstration and an example of the price that Jesus has paid for our salvation to secure our forgiveness and our reconciliation with God. Take that litmus test and see what color it turns. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for the privilege of preaching your word. Lord, the truth is hard um, many, many times. Uh, Lord, but it brings life. And, and, and Jesus, you are the bringer of life. You are greater than. You are above all. We need not add anything to the message of the gospel. We need not add anything to the, the work that you've done on the cross to secure our forgiveness, to the resurrection that brings freedom and fullness in our lives. Lord, but rest in that, to receive it and then follow your lead. And so, Father, I pray today that we, myself, first and foremost, that we as a church, Lord, would not put ourselves in any way ahead of the gospel, that we would, Lord, point to Jesus consistently and constantly as the one who brings life, who brings joy, who brings peace, who reconciles us uh, to you, Father. And Lord, I, I just pray that we would be known as a church in this community that loves you and that lives the way that Jesus calls us to live. And I pray that in his name. Amen.